0: Welcome to Artificially Intelligent Marketing, a weekly podcast where we stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, helping you get the best results from your marketing efforts. Now, let's join our hosts, Paul Avery and Martin Broadhurst. Welcome to episode 19 of Artificially Intelligent Marketing. It's me, Paul Avery, on a solo cast this week because our good friend, and fellow co-host, Martin, is out and about. And for those of you who are regular listeners of the podcast, you'll know that he's been out presenting at the AI Marketing Conference. Michael in Cleveland this week, he has recorded us a little update from the event, which will play for you a bit later in the episode. Until then, you'll start with me, I'm afraid, um, with two main agenda items. The first one is to cover off all those news items that we didn't get to cover in last week's episode to bring us up today after having a couple of weeks off for the summer, then we're going to cover this week's news. And there are some zingers in there. So let's jump straight into it. So first and foremost, Shopify has launched a new AI driven support agent called Sidekick. In the example video, you can see Sidekick answering general questions about running a business providing possible answers for trends within a user's Shopify data. So, for example, why might there have been a a drop off in sales this quarter? It also makes it easier to take bulk actions like putting a whole bunch of products on sale or adding a product line to the company's homepage. So one can imagine that using Sidekick is going to make managing your, your Shopify site so much easier for Shopify users making it also easier for them to analyze their data, perhaps than ever before and make strategic decisions about their business. Now, according to the neuron, example, psychic tasks include things like crafting a blog post announcing, say, a new product, discounting certain products automatically composing an FAQ about a product and even generating monthly sales reports. So we can absolutely start to imagine that not only is this going to be powerful for Shopify users, it's starting to provide a little hint around what AI powered agents can do when they're connected to your specific data. So not just using chatbots like uh, ChatGPT or Claude to help you produce content based on their training data, but really leveraging natural language conversations with chatbots about your own data. I think this is also why we're seeing lots of providers um, that are connected to lots of your internal data like your CRM or your project management systems are probably poised to have an even bigger op- impact on your business than external large language models like chat GPT because they're connected to your data. Shopify's example is a great one. ChatSpot from HubSpot is really starting to mature as a tool as well and I think we're going to see a lot more of this over the coming months. In fact, on this same track, we saw that also Wix, the, um, the website and hosting platform, has also brought out an AI-driven website builder that integrates with OpenAI's large language model, so GPT-3.5, GPT-4, and the tool will make it easier for you to build unique, high-quality websites just from text prompts. The When you look at the teaser video, it really does look like it provides high-quality outputs. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, so i can't speak to it but again it's another example i think of the emerging capabilities of these tools to make business management marketing management marketing production faster and easier by basically asking the tool in natural language for what you want and then it automatically generating an output some other news that we uh, that we should cover is how seven leading AI companies in the U.S. have all agreed to manage the risks posed by the technology, according to the White House. So these companies are Amazon, Google, IBM, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Oracle, and Salesforce. The safeguards they're looking to put in place include things like transparency, so providing clear explanations of how AI systems make decisions, ensuring fairness and non-discrimination so that These AI systems do not discriminate against individuals or groups, for example, based on their training data, safety and security. So taking those steps to ensure that AI systems are secure and safe to use human control. So making sure that humans can override AI decisions if necessary. And then finally, privacy to protect personal information and ensure that AI systems are used in a way that respects users' privacy. The companies have committed to developing a system to watermark all forms of content as well as part of this. So text, images, audio, video, so that users will know when the technology has been used. Now, no timeline has been given or any technical details on how that will be achieved, but certainly we can imagine in a world of easier and easier deep fakes during things like presidential election cycles or other in government cycles in other countries, just how important it's gonna be for users to be able to tell what's real and what's not. And we also live in a world of fake news where it's gonna be easier and easier to generate fake news about well-known people in the public eye producing videos that to all intents and purposes look and sound like the real people. So having those watermarks and that ability to really make it clear what's been generated by an AI system and what's real could be one of the most important steps that we see in terms of making it easier for us humans to figure out what's been generated and what we can actually trust as real. As another news item, many of you would have seen that Elon Musk has deputed his ex-company, XAI, staff with talent um, from across the ways, so team members that have worked at places like Google and OpenAI. In terms of what they're looking to achieve, it's pretty vague so far, um, but it seems like there are plans for them to create, in inverted commas, a good AGI to help us understand the true nature of the universe. And then this week, that saw Twitter soft rebranded as X. And if you're a Twitter user, you will see that you now have an X logo on your phone, for example, not a little bird. Uh, that has caused a few sticking points as that migration has tried to make uh, um, been triggered be interesting to see um, how Elon and the team jump through some of the hurdles that are being put in front of them as they try and transition to the name of X for the whole platform, including what used to be called Twitter. In other news, Apple is reportedly working on AI products to rival giants like OpenAI and Google, with a chatbot project internally known as Apple GPT. There are no plans to release it yet, but this is an early indication that Apple's not just going to sit back and watch a number of other large and small companies um, emerge in the AI-driven, natural language, prompt-driven chatbot world. They're actually going to try and build their own one too. We will probably have all seen at this point the Hollywood writers and actors that have gone on strike. Lots of issues around this, but AI is certainly a major one of them, and we touched a little bit on that. In last week's episode. We also saw some interesting marketing AI stuff over the last week or two. So you may have noticed gen.ai from Virgin. So a supposedly AI-driven version of Jennifer Lopez, JLo, which went viral. Although, if I'm honest, my take on it is that it was mostly clever marketing and humor and not much AI. So I had a bit of a play with it, and the best I could get, get it to do in my test is to pronounce names of the people who would go on the holiday in jlo's voice and that wasn't even with lip syncing so whenever jlo actually said the the custom content if you like it was just the audio you couldn't actually see her face during those those sections so interesting but i think it's more a clever marketing play to jump on the ai hype train than ai that we can get particularly excited about considering what we know these tools are now capable of on that topic, Mini actually launched an AI-driven campaign that leaned much more into AI, but seemed to generate less hype from what I've seen. So in this uh, this campaign, you went onto the Mini website and then it would take a picture of your face. And I, in fact, I, I think you, you have it record a short snippet of you speaking into your camera on say your laptop. And then it takes your face and your voice and it cr- creates a A narrative that it speaks back to when it creates a video where you effectively convince yourself to buy a mini. The whole thing's kind of a bit janky and doesn't really work that well. I mean, certainly it's me, the face, and the audio is not bad, but I'm not sure it sounded exactly like me in my tests. And the lip syncing wasn't brilliant, but this is where we're headed. And I've seen a number of examples where people are, are using a AI driven lip syncing and audio generation to influence what people are saying in videos. And I don't think it'll be very long before this technology really gets a lot better. I saw an example with the uh, Lex Friedman podcast where he was talking to Mark Zuckerberg, and they'd used the same approach to have them speak in Hindi. And yes, I think you could see when you looked at their mouths, that they didn't quite look natural, but they looked really quite good. And it was rather impressive. So I think this is again, a really clever ploy by Mini to jump on the AI hype train, but also something for us to think about how those capabilities open as they open up and become easy to access and, and the technology becomes even better. How can we use those in our own marketing activities? Next story was something that quite close to my heart here in the Sciences. So there was a new study published in Nature's Human Behaviour exploring how AI could aid and expand scientific discoveries by predicting and generating hypotheses that humans might not consider. So in the paper, researchers built models that generated scientifically promising but fairly alien, their words, hypotheses that wouldn't be considered by humans. The AI was also able to predict with over 40% precision, which, let's to be honest, is not particularly precise, um, but there you go. I was able to predict with that level of precision the actual people who would make discovery based on their experiences and relationships. That's quite interesting. The overall, the study suggests AI could turbocharge our scientific explorations by helping us make faster discoveries and even coming up with cool, interesting avenues of exploration that humans wouldn't naturally think of. This reminds me of a story that we covered here on the podcast previously where DeepMind researchers created AlphaDev to improve computer information processing. And in this case, the system suggested improvements to for data management that sped up computing and data movement that humans just wouldn't have thought of. So I think it's interesting how we're starting to see the emergence of AI tools that can solve problems in a way that's different from how humans would solve problems because of the way that these AIs don't quite think like we do, which is pretty interesting. Uh, another paper, scientific paper this time, is in science, where um some research was published where writers who chose to use ChatGPT took 40% less time on average to complete their task and produce work that assessors felt scored 18% higher in quality than the participants who didn't use it. So Further data here suggesting that you can use tools like ChatGPT if you're in content production to reduce the amount of time that you need to spend on production and slightly improve the quality. I do think this is going to vary a lot depending on who the original writer is and who the users of these tools are. Last bit of sort of old news before we get into the new news is that the Mayo Clinic is using Google's AI chatbot as part of providing healthcare. So the they has been using MedPalm2 in hospital training since April 2023, so the last few months. It's performed comparably to doctors in metrics such as evidence of reasoning, consensus-supported answers, and comprehensive accuracy. According to Google Senior Research Director Greg Corrado, MedPalm2 is still in its early stages and has the potential to expand the beneficial roles of AI in healthcare greatly. So as you all caught up on the older news, now let's jump into this week's news. So what do we see this week? Well, Stability AI released SDXL 1.0 to rival mid-journey in image generation. So this is quite an interesting one because uh, the new open model, SDXL 1.0, is a significant advancement. Um, on some of Stability AI's previous image generation models. And it can generate high quality images in any art style, including photorealism, and has an improved ability to interpret language and distinguish between similar terms with different meanings. It's got a total parameter count of 10.1 billion, making it the largest open image model to date. The quality Mm -hmm. of the image is actually really quite good. I've been impressed in some of my trials with it. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how people use this model, both by accessing tools like ClipDrop that we'll talk about in a moment, but also because it's open source, how can they leverage it in their own products? Reportedly, SDXL 1.0 can actually write readable text. Now, this would be a huge step forward for marketers because uh, for many of you who've played with midjourney or other image generation tools, you'll have noticed that they absolutely suck at text supposedly this new model SDXL is better. But in my test, if I'm honest, the results were extremely mixed. I would say on average, better at producing text. So I did a test where I asked it to create a a billboard with text on it, no images, just text. Um, And it was like, I had to run the generation multiple times and the results were really mixed. Nowhere near production quality. I've also seen on Twitter, people talking about this saying you can get decent text out of it but it's very iterative. You've got to be patient and you've got to find different ways to prompt it and run multiple generations to get what you want. Now, if you'd want to have a play with this, you can just visit clickdrop.co, which is a stability AI product with lots of really interesting image generation and manipulation tools where you can now generate images using the new SDXL 1.0 model. Uh, In other news this week, Rewind, has released a new personalized AI app for iPhone to expand upon its Mac app. So for those of you that haven't heard of this, Rewind is an AI-driven app that functions as a search engine for users' personal digital interactions. So what it basically does is it allows users to record, store, and rewind rewind their work by recording anything they've seen, said, or heard when they've been using, in this case, their iPhone or their Mac and making all that info searchable. It's powered by OpenAI's GPT-4 and it kind of acts like a personal AI time traveler to remind you of certain things that you might have been doing a couple of weeks ago that you can't remember. You can just ask the tool and because it's indexed what you've been up to, it can give you some info about what you've been doing. Now, I haven't tried this yet because as far as I know, there's no way to easily customize what it pays attention to and what it doesn't. So it feels a bit like a security risk to me. And also I'm not sure I want a tool monitoring absolutely everything that I do on my Mac. That seems that I can see the benefits, but this you feel like you have to give up quite a lot of your own privacy to be able to access that. I'm not quite ready to do that. By definition for these AI assistants to help us to the max, we're gonna have to, at some point, accept that they're gonna be monitoring everything we're doing. In fairness, I'm sure Facebook and other tools that have got access to my mic are doing that right now. But it may take a bit of a mental shift before most of us are ready to provide that level of access to these tools in order to get the most benefits. Next news item here is that Amazon have announced the launch of agents for Bedrock at the AWS Summit in New York this week. So, as described in TechCrunch, which is where we read about this. Um, Bedrock is Amazon platform for building generative AI powered apps using pre-trained models um, from a bunch of companies including Amazon but also others. The new feature Agents allows customers of Amazon AWS to create conversational agents that can deliver personalized up-to-date answers based on the company's own proprietary data. So that's quite an interesting one. I know a number of companies out there are really looking at how do we create internal facing and external facing natural language chatbots for our teams and customers that are based on our own data and here bedrock agents is looking to enable that. So a tool like this could be used to create custom service chatbots that can process orders tapping into things like internal information about stock levels etc to customize each order. Bedrock agents can also manage and perform tasks by making API calls to company systems So really being able to have the agent embed in lots of different information repositories across your business. So, again, I think this is going to be really, really interesting to see how this plays out in the future. On a similar note to this, Cohere, has, uh, which is another large language model developing company, has announced Coral which is a knowledge assistant that's designed to enhance the productivity of teams within enterprise businesses. So again, this is another chatbot-based tool, a large language model that can tap into the data within your organization. Coral can find answers across documents and provide responses back with citations, ensuring the information provided is verifiable and mitigating against false information. So it does this not just by looking at your company's own data, but also external data and things on the web, as far as I understand. Coral can be customized for different teams within your organization, such as finance, support, marketing, sales, and it can be made even more powerful by connecting it to data sources to augment its knowledge base. And at the moment, there are over 100 integrations across CRMs, project management tools, databases, etc. In terms of data security and privacy, Coral operates within the user's own server-secure cloud, whether that's through cloud partners or virtual private clouds. The data used by Coral is never sent to Cohere, ensuring it remains within the user's environment. Again, this is going to be absolutely critical because a lot of enterprise businesses effectively have banned their staff from using tools like ChatGPT because they don't want any of their sensitive internal or customer information making it into the hands of OpenAI because it's just not clear how OpenAI and other providers of these large language models use the data that we put into them. So what in effect, what Cohere is doing here is saying, here's a large language model, a chatbot for you to use like ChatGPT, That can access all of your company's information making it really customized and useful for your business and by the way it's super secure because we don't ever get to see what you're basically doing with your own information so i think this could make this very very attractive to large enterprises and even small businesses over time to be honest and we should expect to see many other players in this space follow suit and in fact this tool is likely to compete with the likes of microsoft copilot and bard in terms of natural language chatbots that help you with your work, but do so in a customized way that's super relevant to your business because they're plugged into all your other docs and data and stuff like that. So it is worth noting, we do expect this to come from Microsoft and Google over the next, we don't know, one, two, five, six, twelve 12 months. But when we see companies like Cohere moving quite quickly with tools like Coral, expect it to nudge the Microsoft's and the Googles perhaps into into faster action. We did talk last week about how the pricing for Microsoft Copilot for Office 365 has already been talked about at maybe $30 per user per month. So maybe that is an early sign that we can expect to see Microsoft's tool coming soon. In other news, ChatGPT is now available on Android in a number of countries as an app. And this includes the US and the UK. So I've been able to have a little play, which is great. Um, it was already available on iPhone, but now you can get it on Android. What I really love about the tool versus using it on, say, your desktop computer is that you can dictate your prompt into the app because it has a microphone button. And it's actually worked really well in my hands. I think it's better than the Dictation app on my keyboard on my phone, for example. When I installed it, I did see a very interesting disclaimer that specifically warns you not to share sensitive info as chats may be reviewed by OpenAI's trainers to improve the systems. It's not clear if this is true, even when the chat history is turned off, which was previously believed to opt you out of having your inputs used by OpenAI. But the way that this War technical warning works is actually a little bit confusing and makes me wonder that even with chat history off they are still paying quite a lot of attention to the information that we send to them so i think that's very much worth keeping in mind next news item is the emergence of a generative ai tool on the dark web called fraud gpt that offers a f- um capabilities to cyber criminals so this is a bit of a public service announcement announcement for all of us because it's on the dark web It's being positioned as an all-in-one solution with features, including writing malicious code, creating phishing emails, and finding leaks and vulnerabilities. Sadly, the tool has already got over 3000 confirmed sales and reviews. And I think the emergence of cyber crime, AI tools like like for GPT is probably just the beginning. And it's going to make the ability of scammers when they're creating phishing emails, et cetera, to make them look even more realistic than before and at a larger scale, because they'll be automatable in a way that maybe hasn't been possible. So I think the take home here is that we all need to pay even closer attention to the emails and messages that we get as the fakes are gonna get even more impressive when powered by the likes of large language models. So something to keep in mind. Next news item is 11 Labs. They've released a bunch of new voices. So they were created in collaboration with industry professionals, and now they can offer a wider range of delivery styles, accents, and improved audio quality. So this is gonna provide even more options for those of you who've been exploring using 11 Labs and, and synthetic voices in your content. And it's gonna allow users to choose from an even broader selection of voices to meet their needs. And this is going to even includes voices that can change their delivery so from whispering through to basically screaming so we can really see that the synthetic voice market is really evolving quickly to meet a wide range of human spoken audio needs and the nuances of performance are improving all the time so being able to create audiobooks at scale even for people who are self-publishing or for businesses you can expect that to be made even easier but even more realistic by tools like this and who knows even this podcast like i'm doing now which i promise is a real podcast and i'm the real human speaking here but how long until you can synthesize my voice and then deliver um, probably far more impressive performance than mine using tools like those released by 11 labs remains to be seen next is Runway's Gen 2 image to video has been released, and it's pretty cool. Now, regular listeners to the podcast will know that we've talked a fair bit about Runway and their Gen 1 and Gen 2 um, text to video tools. That we've played with with mixed results. I've seen some people do some really cool stuff on social media, but it felt like the sort of stuff that probably took ages. To put together because it's so iterative trying to get half decent videos out of these things but i think where the image to video tool is a bit of a game changer is it's so much better than a text prompt for getting an animated thing that you want and i've seen people creating really awesome mid-journey images and then pushing those into gen 2 and getting some really impressive results my own tests with this have been a bit of a mix um i've noticed that you have to iterate quite a lot change your prompt a bit to get something that you want. And I've had some videos that just didn't work at all and others that actually were quite impressive. In fact, I animated the cover for uh, Artificially Intelligent Marketing and got really quite an interesting psychedelic animation of it. It's impressive to me how good the model is at understanding all the sort of elements of the image that you put in as the prompt and finding natural ways to animate it that i think an animator might also consider so go and have a play with this over at runway you can set up a free account and have a few goes with gen 2 before you need to pay um i think these tools are really getting even better again is this quite production quality not for a brand i don't think the videos that you can find on the twitter sphere are very interesting and some of them are really quite good but not but they still have that kind of weird style that we're seeing from these video generators, but they're getting there. So definitely something to keep an eye on. And then the last story this week is Stability AI has released two new open source large language models, Free Willy One and Free Willy Two. These models excel in reasoning and understanding linguistic subtleties, and they've been validated through various benchmarks. Now, despite being trained on a smaller dataset compared to previous models, the Free Willy models demonstrate exceptional performance, with Free Willy 2 even outperforming GPT-4 in some areas and GPT-3 in most. The release of these models comes off the back of Meta's Llama 2 knowledge, knowledge, release. The release of these models comes off the back of Meta's Llama 2 news that we mentioned last week. And it's a really big win for the open source community and it's gonna probably drive even faster developments in the AI space as developers of products and tools can get access to much more moldable, high quality, large language models that they can mold and change and use in ways that's just not possible with some of the closed models like ChatGPT4 and other models from um, businesses like Anthropic. So, again, I think we're going to see the emergence of some really cool tools here off the back of this that um, that are going to have great power and hopefully provide us with with, as marketers with even more tools for us to use in our businesses. So with that, that's the summary of this week's news. Next week, Martin and I will be back on this as normal. And what I'm going to do now is hand over to Martin to give us that update from what looked like a really fascinating conference at MyCon this week.
1: Hi, Paul, and hello, listeners. This is Martin coming to you all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, where I've been at the MAKON Marketing Artificial Intelligence Institute's conference, uh, learning and networking with some of the best and brightest minds in marketing and AI. It's been an uh, eye-opening event. Uh, some really interesting discussions, broad-ranging everything from uh What's the state of of AI adoption to how can uh, service providers such as marketing agencies change their proposition and the way that they deliver their services to clients through to really practical sessions looking at how you can write better and more effective prompts uh, and also covering some really important topics like how do we use AI ethically and responsibly. Uh, There were some fantastic speakers. They really did pull together some of the brightest and the best. So we had the head of marketing, uh, Jasper, uh, Megan uh, Keeney-Anderson. My favorite presenter, uh, Cassie Kozakoff, who's the chief decision scientist from Google. She was keynoting today. Uh, There was a fantastic broad ranging uh, fireside chat between Paul Reitzer, who is the um, CEO of the Marketing AI Institute, uh, and he sat down with Ethan Mollick, who's a professor of uh, innovation and entrepreneurship at Wharton University, and their conversation was truly eye-opening. Ethan Mollick, he's got some fantastic insights into where this technology is heading. He's clearly uh, well-networked in terms of um, the the people building the, the AI systems as it is. He is of the opinion that uh, this technology is going to see exponential growth in terms of capabilities and that we really need to sit up and pay attention because people are really underestimating the speed at which the development is going to come and the implications that we will all face. Um, I mean, broadly speaking, he was optimistic, but yeah, there was no doubt that. Uh, he thinks that people's jobs are going to be impacted uh, and that we should uh, yeah get, get using these tools now to get a bit of a head start. Uh, there was reference to an interesting concept that he came up with in one of his um, blogs recently, which was this idea of, of the button. And, uh, he said that when uh, the button exists, which is to say that when... Things like Microsoft Copilot have that little assistant at the side where you can just press a button and it will create the thing. And it will create something super, super quick. And the example he gave was he is asked regularly to write a recommendation letter for a student. So it might be someone uh, going for a job and they've written to him as he was their professor and said, would you write me a recommendation letter? Uh, He says he does this regularly for for his ex students, and each one will typically take you know, half an hour to forty five minutes for him to to write. But they're written from him personally. Now the other day he created a similar. Well, he he wrote one of these using Chat GPT, and it took him seconds. Now the actual letter. Was still guided by him. He gave them the context so that it was it was genuine, but it didn't have the same human. What's the word? Love, warmth, effort. <laughs> uh, but the value to the end user, to the customer, in this case, the person applying for the job, is the same. And if it helps them get the job, who cares that it took five seconds rather than forty-five minutes? Um, but he gives the example of this in the workplace, right? When you can just push a button and get a thing done. Um what does that do to to the value of work and the the work that we put together? If we're writing reports and we can just hit the button, do we become lazy? Does this devalue work that right might require human input uh yeah and and there was no definitive answer there. It was just an interesting thought experiment. Um, Yeah, there was a great session on prompt engineering from Jim Stern, who does a lot of work uh, on digital marketing analytics. He's published many books on on the topic. But, yeah, he gave some great advice on uh, prompt design and how you can build frameworks. And, um, yeah, I think one of the big things that he – big takeaways for me with what he said was that actually we're we're at the very start of all of this. So there's no – right or wrong answer if you could find something that works great Um, share that knowledge people are always finding new ways now he gave some general pointers things that anyone listening to this podcast probably knows already such as the more context you put in the front the better output you get Uh, if you give the the ai a persona it's less likely to to go kind of wandering off and giving you horrible responses or something like that it kind of stays on script um, but yeah, by and large, um, he was uh, giving some good uh, practical uses uh, or practical examples of how you can uh, you can prompt better. Now, I could talk about various uh, other talks and things all day. Uh, there's so much to cover. Over the next few weeks, I'm hoping to get some interviews lined up with some of the people that I've met here has uh, been It's a great network of people and some great vendors, and looking forward to bringing them into the podcast and introducing them to the Artificially Intelligent Marketing community. So uh, with that, I will say farewell. It's half past five on a Friday. It's time for me to go to a Cleveland bar and drink a nice hazy beer.
0: Thank you for listening to Artificially Intelligent Marketing. To stay on top of the latest trends, tips, and tools in the world of marketing AI, be sure to subscribe. We look forward to seeing you again next week.